Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. If you are down in Cork, Joe, I know you will be coming down at some stage. You're long overdue. We'll go for a few pints in Rising Suns. And Gareth, if by chance Devilsome are in the vicinity, we'll definitely get you in there as well for a few of us. Uh, Absolutely. Sounds good. Beautiful yeah. lager. Sounds good. So lads, welcome to the show. I've got Gareth Kidd and Joe from Gamma Bomb. I mean... Do anybody know you as anything else? Do, do they know that there's a McGuigan there somewhere in the title? I might get it changed from Deep Pool just to Gamma Bomb. I, as well I think you should, man, at this stage, you know. But <laughs> the reason the lads are on the show, and I'm delighted to have them on the show, because uh, Devilsome have released yes. an EP, and it's fucking class. It's a breath of fresh air in the Irish metal scene, if you ask me. And Ooh. I'm a big fan of it. You know, congratulations, first of all, lads, on that. Thank you so much, Richie. Thanks so much. I hope yeah. you're getting the same vibes and feedback off people, yeah? Yeah, generally the feedback has been really good. I get, like, you know, I'm kind of blown away with the feedback. It's it's all been really positive. Um, and I guess, like, when you listen to the tracks, um, it's a bit different. It's yeah. definitely different from what is out there currently. Correct. So it, I guess it, I guess. It could have went either way, really. People could have been like, what is this? But I think people are kind of digging it, so I'm pretty happy with that. Mm, yeah, and I think a lot of it, would you believe it, from my opinion anyway, Garth, is your uh, vocal delivery as well. It's it's fucking excellent. It's, a, again, a breath of fresh air to something that's, to a scene that's not normally used to that kind of singing. Would that be fair enough? Oh, yeah, Richie, thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate that. I, I worked very long and hard because vocals is a new thing relatively to me. Um, okay. I, I've i really only like opened my mouth to sing from when Devilson started in like late 2019. So I haven't been singing that long, Um, but it's uh, been quite the journey getting my voice to where it is now. Um, okay. You know, for me, um, when I listen, a lot of the bands I listen to, like I noticed, you know, I can hear what they're saying. I can hear the story. I can feel the emotion. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of, I really dig that. I think like with aggressive singing and part, like it's a great payoff in certain parts of the song, but I really enjoy the yes. type of vocals like of like the likes of Glenn Danzig and ah, yeah. Peter Steele and people yeah. like that. Yes. You know? You can hear it. You can hear it. And a few other influences as well. Joe, yourself and Garth, do you go back a while? Yeah, big time. Like uh, me and Garth actually went to primary school together. So it what? Is, uh, primary yeah, school? Yeah. Thousands of years Jesus. ago. And uh, the other guy... Have you actually uh, got through those shitty primary school photos <laughs> where you're all standing together as if like somebody fucking crunched a fucking <laughs> accordion with all these lads pushed yeah, in like this Sweet yeah is, with is there one of them in circulation cuts. yeah i'm sure there is yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah. like the the other guy who's in the band john the other guitar player was in our primary school class as well what that's bizarre lads and, and we like, all hung out as well when we were when we were eight-year-olds we were hanging about talking about ghostbusters and like witches and stuff like that jesus the original goonies huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now that we're like 40 we're back together doing exactly that's this. insane that's very unusual i don't think i've i've ever heard that before three primary yeah. school that are still friends first of all because let's face it there's very few 
people that would be would remain friends. It's funny, yeah. Myself and Timmy would definitely. We went to you met Timmy before, Joe. Have you my, yeah. my best mate? Yeah, we would have went to primary school together, and but that's about it, man. Out of a class of around fifty of us, not really. Me and Philly just kind of missed that. Like you know, we started. Me and Philly started hanging about in first year of secondary school. Like you know, so okay. Was Philly from Newry as well then, yeah? Yeah, he's from uh, around the corner. Yes. Jesus, you'd never know what he is posh Dublin Ford accent now, sure you wouldn't. No, he's <laughs> worked hard on it, like. In his cravat. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like that's, like me and Garth obviously hung around a lot. And like that's kind of where our interest in occult stuff kind of happened. And this is kind of before actually all the the kind of 90s music that this is kind of inspired by was really happening. Okay. I guess this was yeah. around 1990. And then... I guess we probably didn't really see each other an awful lot for like you know yeah different paths yeah 15, different paths yeah. Years. yeah yeah and then uh, I guess I, I started going to Garth's um, you know gym in about 2012 or 13. Oh okay yeah. so did you uh, stay put then Garth in Nori all this time yeah yeah I I did um I like um when we were young I you know Joe Gamma Bomb happened. Um, I kind of was on a different path, so I mm -hmm. I got involved with you know I I've done martial arts my whole life, and I got involved with professional wrestling. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I saw went... some tag there. Who was it? Uh, were you the two-time IWW International Heavyweight Champion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I wrestled <laughs> for uh, quite some time. I I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Um. Because of but course like, we I, were we were all watching wrestling on fucking television when we were kids. This is just yeah. uh, joint yeah, haystacks and fucking Big Daddy. That was the English stuff I was on. Yeah, and then there was the like the likes of Hulk Hogan, Ultimate oh, yeah. Warrior, Jake the Snake. You know, um, like I don't know. I think I think probably for me, Anjo, that point where human beings should like mentally mature and grow <laughs> up. We somehow just that didn't click with us, and we just like. W what we wanted to do when we were kids we just kind of like went off and did it you know mm. so but i think that's a really cool story yeah. i think that's pretty cool i think that should be encouraged more with young people yeah there's too many distractions for them without going into fucking a rabbit hole about what's, yeah. what's ahead of them like we had a great time uh when we were growing up we were outdoors like and movies were fucking everything weren't they going to the cinema yeah. with all your pals and i think there's there's a lot of maybe influences in the ep that i like to think that maybe that would have been spurgy as well would it would that be fair yeah yeah like a lot of the songs like you know were you know kind of sit down and go like right let's write a song about like you know i don't know uh the, the latest witch movie or like you know warlock the armageddon yeah, or something course, like that yeah. you know um all these things like so like you know i guess in terms of like the content of the songs like they're they're all horror themed you know yeah. they all live in that yeah. universe and like without being leaning too much into comedy there's a certain tongue-in-cheekness to them you're okay. supposed to listen to them enjoy them and like you know it's like in you know not too serious it's it's something you can listen to and it'll make you want to sing along and yeah. jump around a little bit and get lost in that like halloweeny dark I think, um, universe the, like whenever we talked about it originally what would what should be the idea for kind of the band like a lot of our conversations went back to renting out vhs tapes yeah when we were kids yeah. 
Mm. And like, you know how important it was as a kid going down those uh, aisles and like you were basing everything on the cover or like the title. Yeah. And like, we just kind of like that idea. We're like, what if this song was like a VHS you picked up about, you know, a killer fucking yeah. gun in an abbey? Yes, or we would ask people around our local area, you know, whenever we were kids, we would hear local ghost stories or local things. Oh yeah, there's a footless murderer or whatever up the road. You know, the things that they would tell kids to try and get yeah. them to shut up back in the day. <laughs> So all that kind of stuff was like very influential. So there's know. probably a good few Easter eggs thrown in in lyrically wise in the songs. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. definitely. Like sometimes sitting writing lyrics or thinking of lyrics at the same time, like I'd have the TV on watching something on the horror channel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like absorbing that, trying to think of lyrics. You know, like even the album cover there, I have it here. Um, it's very much Adam's family. What else? And There's a f- Elviry, Elviry, sort of yeah, like, yeah. Like you got the album cover spot on because exactly when you look at this, you're going, "Oh man, this is going to be old school." Nice yeah. pictures on the back as well. Who designed the cover, actually, lads? Um, my housemate, uh, Connor, who you've met a couple of times. Yes, uh, cool. It's EMWK. He's got his own like design uh, design uh, company that does that sort of stuff, and he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really cool. I like. I really like the logo because it's simple but it's very strong like i mean yeah. like it's like if you look at like i think of like if i like the the bands i like and i think of the their logos like so if you look at the misfits logos they have Perfect. the crimson ghost yeah, and right. you see yeah. it and you know exactly what it's about yes you know yeah it makes, it makes a, lot of, a lot of makes the footwork for you you know and like it does. you always hear that richie whenever you hear people like max cavalier or like James Hetfield talking about the first Iron Maiden album, they were going in and buying it on the strength of the the, the dude on the front cover yeah. and the yeah. logos, and they were like, "This looks cool. Mm. This Motorhead yeah. album looks cool, so it'll probably sound cool." You know? I know about Joe's path into music. We name dropped a band called Gamma Bomb, but what about yours, Garth? Like, when did you decide to play bass? Were you all listening to the same music? Yeah, when like you were teens. When when I was a teenager, so my path into music was kind of like Def Leppard and then kind of into Metallica and Danzig and Black Sabbath and okay. things like that. And when I was younger, I kind of I had a bass. I dabbled around with it. Uh, I never really got uh, very good. Um, now, believe it or not, uh, me picking up a musical instrument again probably didn't happen again until... I don't know, I would say 2016, I picked the bass up again. Oh. Um, but Joe, very good mentor. He he, he uh, helped me along and, and showed me a lot on the bass. And What was that conversation um, like, Joe? Stop stop doing this. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> He's like, you're doing that all wrong. Like, Garth, <laughs> Garth was the perfect student for all this because like, it was like he'd spent his entire life, you know, with martial arts and wrestling, training different parts of his body to do what they told him. So like, Whenever it's like, look at the way Jason Newstead picks the bass. That's how you should pick the bass. You, like, uh, and yeah. within a very short period of time, he got really, really, you know, competent very quickly. Like, you know, mm. and it was probably the same kind of thing with his vocals because, it to Garth, it was uh, just another challenge that you know was okay. going to be overcome. Whereas, like, you know what it'd be like. I've been doing backing vocals for years, and probably the same as yourself, Richie. If someone said, "Do you want to get up and sing a song?" You'd be like, um. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Probably not. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's actually interesting. Maybe you could talk about the martial arts and stuff. Gar, do you think that that would help someone's confidence, especially say someone 
like yourself who wouldn't be normally suited we'll say first of all am i a front man just about confidence wise in front of like um students that are are training every day does that give you confidence then to maybe just tr- push yourself to try s- different things yes absolutely 100% so um martial arts like uh, the martial art i study is predominantly taekwondo um okay. but uh like a lot of people get martial arts wrong in when they think of it now and just assume it's a very macho thing about beating people up um and it's not about that at all it's really just about these physical challenges that you use to develop yourself and um those taking on the challenge of like going into a dojang and trying to achieve your first belt and your second belt it eventually starts making you see that if you work at something that like you can achieve it you can make it happen um and I, like I said, I've been doing martial arts a very long time and within it, I've accomplished quite a lot. Um, but I basically took all the, the skills that martial arts took me in terms of mindset and I just applied it then uh, into trying to be the best bass player and vocalist and everything that I could yeah. be. So I definitely think, uh, like, I'm biased. I think everyone should try a martial art. It's so good for your body and your mind, yeah. you know? Yeah. I suppose you, you can add wrestling into that as well, because that, that's obviously the next progression after martial arts, because you're, yeah, you're well, definitely re- performing in front of a crowd there. Absolutely. <laughs> wrestling, dif- different again. Wrestling taught me a lot of uh, performance, being yeah. in front of a crowd, making like little tiny things, big things, like even simple things like the movement of your head or the movement of your hand, trying to make like all your movements on stage or when you speak mean something. Yes. rather than like you know not moving like you got to think of the the person at the bar at the back drinking his beer you know yeah. he's got to feel and see and understand that's the guy you're working to rather than yeah. the guy right up at of the course. front of course yeah you you echo that joe yeah yeah absolutely um it's a weird one actually because a lot of people who come come out uh, to start singing in a band it takes them years to try and get up any sort of confidence to do mm. a good performance on record, never mind live. And I think, again, just because you had a bunch of, you know, experience wrestling, martial arts, you knew how to talk to a room of people. Whereas, like, you know, we, we still have gigs the old time where you're kind of like, Philly, like, you have to talk to these people. You can't just hide here <laughs> backstage. <laughs> you're like, hey. yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, so he got up to speed, Joe, with the bass. Were you aware that Garth was in the background writing songs the whole time? How how frequently would you meet up, for example, until it kind of mushroomed you know, it into Devilson? It, it was one of those things that, like, you know, once Garth had been playing bass for a, a while, he said, you know, I'd like to start writing songs. And, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I was just all like, listen, the best way to do this is just to start doing it. You can't avoid yeah. writing some crap songs at the start. You know, mm-hmm. we need to just get into this. And yeah within writing about three or four songs event eventually there was a bit of a style but like i think i was quite forceful with garth as in saying that we should we need to try and be really really specific on what we want to try and do here you know we don't want to make something that is like you know like trying to sound like a current band this has to sound 90s in the same way that gamma bomb sounds uh, 80s you know yeah as in we need to be trying to zone in on what makes typo a brilliant band what makes you know that kind of era of dancing 
what what can we take from that and bring it back into vogue look you know yeah i'll use the example of motorhead there's, there's plenty of bands out there that will always do a throwback to motorhead or even yeah. sound like them but they don't if you know what i mean like the but you yeah. can hear hear the influences coming through in a lot of the songs for ye i'm hearing like the fields and Ephraim, the damned king diamond sabbath pete Steele, yeah. you know some trash thrown in yeah. And a shit band called Ghost, but unfortunately, <laughs> and it's there. I can't deny Rich, it. Richie's not a Ghost fan, then, no. No. Yeah, Moving I, I get this on. a lot. <laughs> all right, people, people all the time are like Ghost, yeah, and like I only I like the first two Ghost records, and that's it. You mean they got shit after the after the first two? Uh, is it? Well, oh, you, right, you. okay. <laughs> I'm I always look at it kind of from more the idea of right. Like, because that kind of ghost vibe is in right now. Yeah. There's actually this other little small band before them called Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Who they kind of ripped off their shtick from, really. Okay. So all those kind of like choruses and stuff like that that are ghosty, like Burning for You by Blue Oyster Cult, that was kind of, mm -hmm. that was going on back then. And like, I'm a huge BOC fan. So mm -hmm. whenever Garth was trying to leave Pete Steele world a bit to be like, right, <laughs> you know, this has to be a bit more tuneful. I was like, right, yeah. okay, let's. Let's try let's and get more uh... sing and have like a nice yeah. Well, Garrett, so Joe wouldn't know any go songs. Probably one. Yeah, I would say he doesn't. He, like sometimes Thanks, when he Joe. comes Good to the gym, I have it on. He'd be like, "What's this?" Yeah. <laughs> every this time, every fears. time I walk in, I'm listening <laughs> to something. I always know Joe disapproves because he goes, "What are we listening to?" And that's his code language of like. Turn that over. <laughs> the, like, the part of the reason is, is like, right, okay, if we're going to be like kind of specific about something, I think, all right, cool. Ghosts are trying to be like BOC, brilliant. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't sound like authentic BOC. It sounds like they're trying to kind of like make commercial music that has just this kind of la quality, you know? Yeah. It's so it was something that like we were kind of aware of with doing Devils and saying, right, we want it to be heavy, but also have a little bit of melody. Definitely. Or, yeah. Like yeah that. look let's call a spade a spade like ghost fans will love this they will love it you know because there's the hooks and the melody and yeah. everything there and the way it's stylized as well the songs yeah it's a really good nod to it it's, i will give a shout out also to samuel torbett is it he did a great yeah. job on the production lads. Oh boy yeah yeah sam sam was great um he was a cool guy to work with as well like but he definitely like i mean first time i heard all the stuff back from Sam, it blew me away. It was really mm. cool. How did you find him? So the situation basically was that um, do you remember about a year and a half ago, Devilsome did a single and a video. Uh, Lilith. Lilith. Yeah, we played it on the show. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, like basically after that, we started thinking about right, how are we going to make? We want to make an EP or do some sort of long player. And um, Chris from Gamma Bomb just said, here, I'd be very happy to, you know, record drums. And we were like, great, brilliant. That sounds fantastic. He had a guy, Samuel, who recorded all his sessions. He's a session drummer. He does a bunch of stuff. Oh, uh, right. so okay. Sam said, listen, I've already recorded all of Chris's drums. He sent them over to me. And then me and Garth kind of beavered away and did all the guitars and bass. Yeah. And then we sent it all over to Sam and he was like, what the heck is this pile of crap? <laughs> do it again and do it better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, that's like... That's, You'd appreciate like, the honesty anyway. like oh, yeah, totally. yeah. You know, I wish yeah. that back in the day with Gambom and stuff, somebody had said, listen, guys, give this another go because this doesn't sound great, you know. <laughs> but again, this is the kind of thing that like 
you can't really you have to take the baby steps you know and like i think that the Lilith song was a bit of a baby step for us. It was like, yeah, probably. But Domo mixed that show from what I can remember. He did a good yeah, job. He it. did. He did. Yeah. And it is, it's great. It, it had a really motorheady kind of vibe yeah, about it. That's in right. Um, but like, I, I think the thing with Sam as well was because we, another ex Gamma Bomber, like a uh, Kevy who played lead guitar on our first album and has toured with us a bit. Keys on the Devil song. Yeah. The, oh, is he too. the keyboard player? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Very good. There's, there's a lot of gamma. I was wondering who who he was. Yeah, yeah. We lifted this incredibly strong man up on our shoulders, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the kind of thing because like Sam had a uh, Sam had done the drums and like we'd listened to a bunch of the stuff. We're like, he liked it. He thought like he same as yourself. He was like, oh, this sounds ghosty, and we're like, well, yeah, among other things, but mm. you know, yeah. Uh, but he did a great job. Like, you yeah, know, he did. He job. did. When I heard. Children of the Night, because like I had um, obviously Lilith from me. It just made me go, what the fuck? This is this is super catchy. This is yeah, completely different in, in ways like, OK, so there's the tread running through it. All right. With the melodies and stuff from Lilith. But I was going, fucking hell, this is this is completely different to what I was expecting, you know, yeah. and it's a great track opener, lads. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, One of the things I find about the the little track to the doing children of the night for example is the vocals are very different um yeah. and that went when i f- finished lilith and um we did and we put it out um the more i listened to it the more i realized like i really had to improve my vocal so i went and spent a lot of time uh working with a vocal coach um wow. a lady, okay. uh, opera singer so she really Fair helped play. me so uh- but yeah. man, Garrett, that's good to hear. Like, hmm. uh, the stand what the standout performer as well, right through this album, is uh, Chris Williams on drums. Man, did a fucking great job. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like such a no brainer because, like, we were like talking about uh, the Danzig records and the drumming on those albums and you know, the mid 90s drumming in Metallica because we were like, yeah, we really like the euthanasia or you know, load or you know, especially the garage ink kind of vibe. And oh, I was like, yes. well, like yeah. this is obviously, mm. you know, Chris is the biggest Metallica fan of all time. Like, yeah. like if Lars already took a shit on a plate, <laughs> it, it would take him a very serious amount of willpower not to eat it. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> like he loves Lars and he wouldn't mind me saying that. No, but, no. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was like the ultimate credentials because like, again, Kevy was so into Cradle of Filth and 90s keyboards Keyboard. and like, you know, Chris also got a tour, like trying to amass people who... Who, who got it? Yeah, who yeah, got it? Yeah, the yeah. Idea was. Okay, so we're going to give a blast to the opening track, uh, "Children of the Night." Let's start it off here.
Class. A great opener. Who? It's one of those songs that just fucking inhabits your head. I was humming it around work for like two days solid. I was just going, Jesus <laughs> Christ, can't get great. this song. It's an right. earworm. It yeah. is an earworm. And I was initially humming it away going, I, I listened to it twice because it's short enough on the way into work, you know, and I was going around, is it Children of the Night or Children of the Grave? I said, well, fuck, what is it? <laughs> you know, I had to go back Which to one the has been used least? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you use some effects for the female vocals on it? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Well, you know, the like Sam came in, we basically uh we'd been using like the female vocal choir on the demo and stuff like that, you know, like press the button and it goes, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Sam is actually a really good singer as well. So he went in and did a load of those <laughs> over them to beef it up. So Brilliant. They, I, I was hoping it was you, but anyway, yeah. okay. Unfortunately yeah. not. But yeah, like and like the whole uh, bit at the end is from there's a movie from the early eighties called Ghost Story. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind the of a little sound bite from it. Yeah, cool, excellent. And do you have to fucking give credit or any of that shit to that? No. Well, you know, I guess whenever we get the solicitor's letter, we'll start worrying <laughs> about that. But, you know, yeah. it's probably yeah. not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> it works, lads. It works. So again, it just adds to the whole atmosphere and little Easter eggs that some people will pick up on and and just go yeah sweet good good, yeah. good shout on that uh, everyone loves and... easter eggs everyone loves easter yeah. eggs and well things. of a certain age yeah definitely 100 yeah. percent. so when you were doing the ep lads like what was the temptation to get in guest musicians because the second track obviously is richard shaw x cradle of filth was it tempting to get in more joe uh yeah connections it yeah, like, absolutely. And, like, we inquired after a bunch of people, you know, because, like, we kind of thought the idea was, you know, again, harking back to 80s-ness, Tears for Fears. But we're like, right, me and Garth are going to do this. And then, uh, like, we've got these guys who are coming in to help us with the drums and keyboards and yeah. stuff. But, Let's face uh, it, it's not a hard sell in relation to what you were trying to achieve with it. No, and, like, I guess the thing is as well, because we're a bit older, a lot of the people that we were asking were older, so they yeah. were more into the idea of doing something exactly. 90s or not, you know, something not as current. But, uh, yeah, so, obviously, Richard Shaw was, that was kind of, I don't, I'm not really a fan of Cradle of Filth, but. Yes, I am a, a fan of Cradle of Filth. I, I, Richard's very cool, very professional. I just reached yeah. out to him with, like, uh, the track, and he liked it, and, yeah, so... Uh, we we was I was talking also um, to no it didn't happen it didn't yeah. happen but I was I was talking to um, John Christ who was the original Danzig guitarist for the first four Danzig oh, records of course um, yeah. yeah no it didn't happen yeah. uh, but it came close it came yeah. close maybe someday yeah. and like I think <laughs> what it like eventually led to was you know we were talking about it and. I was saying, really, we need to get another guitar player into the band because yeah. if I want to do more helping Garth do singing and stuff like that and play a bit of guitar, we need to have someone who's going to be more dedicated to doing solos. And it just so happened we'd been talking about this friend of ours, John uh, McSherry, mm -hmm. uh, recently. And like I can't remember if it was you or me or what, what was the brainwave to be like, let's get him down. I, I don't know. Sometimes I can't remember our brainwaves. They're sort of very sporadic sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was like right at the very end of the process. That was whenever the John Christ thing kind of fell through. So we and we talked, Sherry. we talked to Mantis from Venom and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Jeez. And we said, you know what? It's probably a better idea. If we're going to be a band, let's try and just 
like he had a guy, you know. And like it just so happened that he, me and him, spent like our eighth, like Halloween when we were eight, watching like Creep Show and mm. like Ghost Watch and things like that together. Yeah. Like so it was, it was just kind of fate, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And like, um, literally, like when all three of us got into a room together again for the first time, probably in many years. It was literally like being back in primary school. We were talking Jesus. about like, you know, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. <laughs> and it's only whenever you think about it being like the last time we were probably talking in primary school was when Ghostbusters 2 came out. And that was like 35 years ago. Jesus. Yes, that's, that's quite a while in between yeah, last yeah. last photos, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. What band was John McSherian? Um, he played in a band called Existing Threat. Um, and then I think they ceased to exist and he currently plays with a band called Bad Boat Bad Boat fuck it that's yeah. it yes okay yeah. I have the guy Um, I came across them last year mm. they're a great band they're like kind of stewards of the uh, Northern Irish sort of like doom metal scene they've been around for nearly as long as yeah Gamma Bomb have you know so we've known them for uh, quite quite a long long ways but you know the kind of thing is like with stoner bands they tend to move at like stoner rates of movement like you know it's yeah. like a sloth that'll hibernate and every six years they'll come oh, out and do something it's head wrecking in, in ways I'm not going to name bands but it is head wrecking for them to produce fucking but you material. know like John will not mind us saying this either but like he is such of that mentality that, like, it's like you have to send smoke signals to Belfast <laughs> if yeah. you want to have any contact with him. Forget Facebook, forget you know mobile phones. Really, he's just not. <laughs> yeah, he's not with with technology at all. And why did you leave Lilith out of this EP? Um, I don't know really. Like, I think Lilith Lilith came out as a single, and um. It, I don't know. Uh, it, it's a great track. I, I just, I don't think it like it fit in there or something. We went through a period of kind of being a bit down on it, you know. After it came out, there was a bit of a like, yeah, we kind of tried to do, go to Iron Maiden on this, you know, like this mm, chorus was okay. like maybe too like maidenly musically, and then the whole end bit, and that's why we kind of said no, we need to be stricter with ourselves here and be like, you're only on a diet of the first two Danzig records. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but I think now we've warmed up to Lilith again. Yeah. Like we've yeah, definitely warmed up to it again. No, it's a that's it's a great track, and and I'd love to see it played live. Does it make the live selection? Yeah, it does. And okay, it's good. It, it, I, I biased. I think it sounds goes down pretty well live. Yeah. So mm. it's good tune. Mm. We'll go through some of the rest of the EP here, but while I'm thinking of it here, let's talk about the live situation. I did see. I wasn't able to go up to Belfast, obviously, to watch your debut performance but the fact that i saw joe behind the drums my jaw hit the ground <laughs> um but yet you know what it still sounded great as a three piece i know you you, you will expand the sound probably to yeah to give a better vibe and better representation of the ep live but you weren't too far off the mark either mm. do you know as a three piece yeah so yeah. let's talk um, about that in relation yeah. to live at the moment where you are with it. So definitely kudos to Joe. It definitely yeah. proves that he can literally do anything. Uh, like uh, literally yeah. do anything. Joe, um, take the praise. Take the praise. Master, master he, he'll he'll never take praise. He's no, like the he worst no. man in the yeah. universe. <laughs> Things Joe doesn't like, praise and photographs. 
yeah. Yeah. But like, like as a three piece, we've been like, it was a necessary evil in a sense that like, um, until we get uh, a drummer in place. um, So if there's any drummers out there listening, please send us Mm. a message. Um, Well, like Joe needs to be up front in terms of like a stage presence um, yeah. his back and vocals, his guitar yeah. playing, like um, you know, he's great behind the kit, but he really needs to be up front. Um, so I think we, you know, once we get the the drummer situation sorted, I definitely think, like you said, it'll, it'll lend more justice uh to the EP esque sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you agree with yeah, that, Joe? Yeah, yeah, probably fair enough. Like uh, one of the things that attracted me to doing this in the first place was to try and do a bit more guitar playing, you know, yeah. uh, because of like been playing guitar for a whole bunch of time but uh yeah it was really really um i guess like the whole idea of me playing the drums was more like listen you know we'll have to have someone who's sticking their fingers in all the holes in the dam like, yeah. you know, and, and that's my yeah. job but uh like i'm really glad we did it because <clears throat> i also kind of wanted to make sure that garth didn't have some sort of parachute landing into doing gigs like it has to be uncomfortable and it has to be the kind of thing where you have to probably work harder whereas if i had been beside him singing and playing guitar i could have probably helped you out a bit too much you know so yeah let's do this this the hard way and like and like there were one mic on the stage yeah because like (laughs) (laughs) no back and vocals yeah well i I remember saying to the guy who was setting up uh, helping set up the kit i was like oh i'm doing back and vocals as well can i have a a drum mic and he was like no Um, back to the bottom of the apple card I go, like, you know. Yeah. I said, don't you know who I'm not? <laughs> That's brilliant. But, like, Joe, drumming, where does this come from? Like, had you access to a kit the whole time or what? Yeah, like, uh, I suppose, like, since probably before lockdown, uh, me and my mates, actually, where we are right now, we've sort of put a bar into my garage and there's, like, a, a full uh, back line there. So, we get together every Sunday and play Creedence songs and deep Oh, you were saying that to me before, yeah. And have a few beers. But um it just means the guy who plays drums in that band is left handed. So it means there's always a left handed drum kit sitting there. So I guess like for like I have always been able to play a little bit, but um the further we got into the process with Devilsome, it was more like, right, I'm gonna have to start learning these songs because if yeah. if I'm gonna mm. like Garth basically had started the process of writing songs, learn how to sing, learn how to play the bass, but not started the process of being all like, okay, here's how you play the bass. Put them together, singing and yeah. playing. Okay. The same and like, yeah. I, I guess maybe the first jam, like this is a couple of years ago now, but the first jams were literally like, play a couple of bars or something, be like, okay, stop. You're playing too fast. Follow yeah. what I'm doing. And, you know, okay. eventually, but it was also like a, like a thing where I'd never done a gig before playing the drums ever before that was some, Garth had never done a gig ever before as well. So they were both on a journey, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And wow. definitely it's learning. Like, it's it's definitely learning all the time. Luckily, like, with Joe being so experienced, I think I am very lucky because I learn a lot from just listening to him and through osmosis, like, watching the things he does and trying, trying to pick up on things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have someone, you know, again, it's something probably I learned from martial arts and learning from teachers and instructors is that like you find the people who are good at things and you you yeah. just, you learn from them, you absorb yes. from them. Yeah. So stagecraft, I think, will come naturally to you 
in the next yeah, few so. months, you know, once you get a drummer and stuff. Do you know what? To be fair to you, the clips I saw, man, you, you are covering a lot there as a front man. You have a presence there. I don't know what the banter is between songs. I haven't a clue about that, man. So is it something that you're comfortable with chatting to the crowd or, or do you just yeah, turn around? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, yeah, I think I'm pretty comfortable. Like, you know, um, I'm not afraid. Like I said, when I wrestled, like, there would be times where I'd be wrestling shows and there'd be, like, a thousand people there. And, you know, the promoter or whoever would be like, there's the mic, go. And you okay. sink or swim. After a little yeah. while, eventually you learn, you know? Yeah, yeah. excellent. That's great. Um, getting back to the album itself. Uh, Morning Star is a standout track for me. It's as heavy as fuck. It's it's mm. like a shot in the vein in relation to the, the two songs before that. It's basically, as Daniel loves to say, straight in, no kissing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sabathiness was like, was like we were so aware that like Danzig, obviously the first two Danzig albums, that was the goal. But obviously they were massive, massive Sabbath, Sabbath fans. fans so like, yeah. Let's try and write a Sabbath song, work, you know. Yeah, mm. so it definitely has that Sabbathy sort of vibe. I like it because <laughs> I get to do a lot of like bassy singing with my voice yeah. and everything. Yeah. Which I, uh, I really like that, uh, and it's one of those songs that's so like heavy and gloom and doom. And then at the end, it kind of goes like into this real rock and roll, fast thrashy yeah. Yeah. way on the way out. Um, it, so works. It, it works. Yeah, it does. It's a cool track. It's a cool track. Yeah, and great vocals, as you said. Yeah, they, I think that that kind of vocal delivery suits you as well. You know. Yeah, I definitely think that is like my voice. I think that's what people will probably hear more often in the future. And there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of variation in terms of your voice on it because it goes from a lot yeah. of real lows to highs, and mm-hmm. like part of the thing that epitomized uh, a lot of the writing for this would be like the chorus of that song. Garth come in with the like four chords that he had for the course, like okay, and like <clears throat> I seem to remember at the time you were kind of down on it and we're like, oh, I think yeah. it should be more in, uh, involved. And I was like, no, no, like if you leave this, I'll come up with a cool riff for on top of it. And that's the way we approached everything. As in, Garth yeah. would come up with a cool key for it, or like this is the way the verse should go. And I'd be like, right, well, I'll try and put some put magic in to it. it like, you know? <laughs> yeah, that comes with experience, Joe. You know, it's yeah, it's, you know. it's living it. Necromantic girl. I think that song is basically devilsome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a potpourri yeah. of everything that you're influenced by. And there's, you know, some great movie kind of teams Absolutely. running through it. You know, I'm just wondering, is it a possible single? Have you talked about singles or? Well, we yeah. we kind of like, I, you know, We've spoken, I kind of like to do another music video at some point because I think yeah. Devils definitely lends itself to it does. a visible like thing. Um, so like, yeah, possibly. We, and we did throw around the idea for if Necromantic Girl be in that song because it does have like a story and a little bit of a narrative to it, it does. you know. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's definitely influenced by like movies like Cemetery Man and yeah. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, and you stuff can pick like it that. up. You can pick it up. And and <laughs> shout out to Kevy as well on the keys. Yeah. That was a, like a, there's a bit in that song where like, right, okay, 
you don't need to get in here somehow the music from you know the end of silence of the lambs i'm having an old friend for dinner yeah yeah <laughs> whenever he walks down the street that do 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 i was like okay that, let's, <laughs> yeah, use that. let's do that so whenever the lawsuits come in they'll come in thick and fast, thick and fast. yeah yeah okay the next song i'm going to play charge of the Nephilim. It's one of my favorite songs on it, so I'll give it a blast and we'll talk about it then afterwards. That's a great song. So if Devilsome was a jigsaw puzzle, I'm just interested <laughs> in the, the lineup of the songs that you have. Because again, Charge of Nephilim, I mean, fuck it, I love that. That's punk, trash, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Delivered brilliantly, Garth. I mean, had you just fun <laughs> trying to organize the, the track listing on this? Yeah, it was actually a little bit of a nightmare at times it changed every time we had a conversation to be honest yeah. um but I, i'm pretty happy with the the order that we put everything in um yeah charge the, yeah charge the nephilim is a really cool song i really like it it's definitely like um i love bands like like the misfits and black flag and stuff like that the crow mags yeah, so and that vibe is definitely there. It was like, there's, it's one of the tracks. There's no keys. There's no nothing. And it. it's just like, you know, full on punch in the face right from the start. Yeah. We had, um, we had actually talked about this quite a bit as well, saying, yeah, you know, the, the Misfitsy Danzig side is actually two influences because there's the gothic and like the singing side, but there's also the, the punky thing. And a big influence for this song was the Alpha and Omega album by the um, Crow Mags. Which is a like love it or hate it kind of thing, and I guess yeah, this is one of the same things. Like there could be people who appreciate Devilsome's kind of ghosty or you know mm. a gothy side that this might make sense to, but um, this was like that was a big influence in terms of 
even the way you were going to sing it, saying like, yeah. this can't be too perfect. This has to be, how would the Cro-Mags have done this Gnarly. in 1992, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. And there was a bunch of other stuff as well. Like, um, there's a whole like, like weird atmospheric section in the middle where it was like That's sort right, of yeah. drums and it was kind of like slurry, but also yeah, like weird stuff at the end. And the, yeah, the whole end of the song, because the whole song's about a kind of war in heaven, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like, ah. if I could throw a movie at you, another movie, like again, it was a big influence with this, uh, was, do you remember the Christopher Walken movies, The Prophecy? Oh, um, wow, that's a, Jesus, that's a great show. Yeah, he's brilliant yeah. in that. Yeah. So yeah. that whole thing with the angels fighting. That's right. Yeah. Um, and like, Fuck. you know, who doesn't love a good war track like <laughs> yeah. one and stuff like that? Yeah. And yeah. then the the really famous poem "Charge of the Light Brigade," um, mm. hence "Charge of the Nephilim." Okay. Uh, which you yeah. know, all yeah, those that's... things all rolled into a blender. Sure. Look, there's Edgar Allan Poe all over this. I'm sure yeah. he's an influence as well with some forms Absolutely. of lyrics. Let's talk about the choice of cover, Time of the Season by the Zombies. When I first got this, I wasn't aware that she had an, had a cover slipped in. So when I'm, when I'm there humming along to it, I'm going, what the actual fuck? Hang on a second. <laughs> this is an actual cover of the Zombies. And it's it's disguised well as a cover yeah. insofar yeah. as that you've stamped it yeah. as devilsome and done your own take instead of remaining too faithful to it, which is always a mistake, I think, with bands. Absolutely. Well, there's no way that I I could sing that well to (laughs) do it as good as the zombies did it. But like, I think that track is, it's interesting as in like, yes, it's a cover, but what you'll definitely get in this track is like, you get a little bit of of weed. That well, <laughs> you, you get a little bit of me in terms of like the gothic, like kind of rocky influence. Mm. And then you get Joe as in like it literally switches and it goes complete thrash mania yeah. on the way out. Yeah. You know, so it's like it, rather than Devilson being the blend of the two, it's just gone. OK, here's the gothy rock stuff here and here's the thrash here. Mm. That's what I think. Of it. Yeah, there's another cover that you should consider. And it's a complete curveball, but I think you could pull it off, Gart. And, and there's no fucking way you'll know it. But there's a band called The Scotsman. Did you ever hear them? No. That's no. good. Okay. So it's called Beer Bust Blues. Check it out. Okay. I, I'll make that my homework, Richie. I'll check okay. that out. You're going to get a laugh. The, that at. was the kind of MO, though, with the cover. Richie was like, let's try and find something that is like, you, you can't do a first generation. You, you can't be do a cover of your influences. You have to be. No. Your cover of your influences, influences yeah. is yes. kind of the idea. So yeah. Yeah. you're like, right, what would you know? What would Danzig or Pete Steele have ideally done? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like a no-brainer because it's one of those things like Blue Oyster Cult where it has that spooky kind of vibe. Of course, about it, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Beer Bus Blues came out in the fifties, man. So like, I mean, Great. and I and you know, when I heard this, I was just going, holy shit, there's a song here. So I had to fucking, it just followed me through my childhood insofar as, and my dad would have loved this song. And I was going, right. All I had was beer bus, but I didn't have more than that. I went on Spotify, no joy, whatever, not. And then I found it on YouTube and uh, the Scotsman beer bus. But Gareth, you could carry it off in spades, man. And and like Metallica's um, Garage Days, you could actually make it your own. Nobody would fucking know any different. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that you did throw in a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I like covers, like when they're done right and they're done kind of like 
So like, I definitely, I like for me and uh, like, I like to cover something that's like maybe not rock or metal or something like that. Mm. Like a pop song, you know, yeah. like what we yeah. did. Like, I I think that's cool. Yeah, like crossing the bridge is the way to do it. Like, you know, um, it's the same as like Gambom trying to do the Pogue song and stuff. Like, yes. The worst possible thing you could do is go and do like a Megadeth song or something, and so people are just like, "Well, it sounds like Megadeth, but it's not as good." So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that, Joe. In relation to stuff like that, fuck's yep. sake, like, boy, would you be arsed? The last track, "The Witches of Pendle Hill." Please tell me there's a story behind it because it's a fascinating title. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a huge story, but it's actually based on like a a, a true story in a lot of ways. A little bit of creative license in in the lyrics um but like the the it, there was um a group of witches in lancashire um and they were hung they were um there was 10 of them accused of witchcraft uh and oh. they were hung the pendle hills my granddad is from um my one side of my family is from liverpool um and he used to so not too far away from lancashire um and he when he used to look after me and my brother, uh, he give us a a steady diet of old Christopher Lee vampire movies, and then he'd tell us like the ghost stories about the witches of the Pendle Hill and uh, the Clutching Hand and all this stuff. Um, but like, yeah, the the witches of Pendle Hill songs, like, um, yeah, it true story, and like a lot of those things that went on, like the Salem. Uh, mm. Which trials like crazy to think those things happened and yeah. people lost their lives over it, you know? Yeah, I was actually, uh, remember at the time, and whenever we were, Garth had told me the story about it. As I said earlier, we had been doing a bunch of research into local ghost stories or local yeah. things of that nature and discovered the, the Irish History podcast on uh, Spotify. The last woman to be burned alive as a witch in Ireland was in 1905 or something. What? Like that. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's mad, like it's not as far back as you think no. in certain, no. you know. Fuck, that's mental. And it's a great track to end it as well. It's got everything again in it. And um, was it the obvious closer? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like whenever we listen to the track in its entirety and it has that nice um, keyboard section at the end yes. of it, just going mm. to nothingness. I think that's the kind of a really good way to to finish the EP yeah. um, like that track um, is like in the sense that like you look, you listen to the verses and they're very chuggy and heavy and menacing. Um, and then you have like, you know, the chorus, the, the sing along chorus, but then it has like that super heavy bit in the middle mm. where I get to like do a little bit of heavy vocals. And it's a real, like there's so much going on in it it's a real odyssey you know like yes. whenever you like your favorite bands like their last track is like this really long odyssey and it's got so much going on in different bits so You're it kind of on. fit that kind of it end did. of it did yeah. end of album kind of vibe yeah definitely lad seriously it's a fucking fantastic ep it's it's just something different and i welcome stuff like that all day long because yeah. you know it, it's rare that you come across stuff like this especially from an irish metal band as well which is great lads and it's uh to your credit so there's a lovely cd with it for us old school stickers a pin badge and a sweatband cool. as well and uh yeah. Gar, thanks 
Thanks for the extras. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem. So where do you think he can bring this, lads, as a closing question? What's the mission goal? <laughs> well, um, you know, I think that 90s uh, nostalgia is probably going to end up coming back in a way that 80s nostalgia probably came back yeah. about 15 years ago. But to what extent, I don't really know. Like, because if you think about it, a band like Typo that Richie, whenever you were around in the late 90s and we were, seemed like a huge band. Yeah. And like now they don't really seem to have a lot of like. So I think if that kind of music has a big rediscovery, then I think we'll probably be able to coast up. Yeah. Another yeah. level on that. But I think yeah. there's like we want to make a record, don't we? Like, yeah, like, you know, it's just about like being honest to what we've created and being honest, devilsome and just keeping the train going. Like yeah. people seem to like it. Uh, and if we go on and, you know, we make an album and put it out, more people will like it. And, you know, as long as people are digging it, like, you know, who knows? Let's just see. Yeah, I suppose because people often kill me <laughs> in relation to where did the band's name come from? Oh, right. Um, This is a like the, the band name. So when picking names, like Joe was like, go, go and pick a names. So I started just like throwing names and putting names. It's like, this is the greatest band of all time. This is going to be what's going to be called. Um, and Joe would automatically be like, nope, nope, nope. And then he's like, get Google, get your Google out. And any ideas you have, put them into Google and see if there's a band that exists already. And Richie, I swear, it literally took months Up to come up. hot girls are taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it literally. And I remember one morning getting out of bed. I don't know what I was getting out of bed and I put my feet on the ground and I literally in my head just said devilsome. I don't know where it came from. Um, oh. I think it's it, and then I, I messaged Joe and I think he just like I think it's he on Google. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It. Not like, yeah. Is it on Google? Maybe he's on Ask Jeeves here. Like I haven't updated it in a while. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, but I think it's a very cool name. I, like I'm name. so happy with that, and I'm name. glad that Joe was so like resistant in a lot of ways to like a lot of the like green dumb ideas that I was throwing at him, and um, because I think we came up with a winner yeah, in terms of a bunch of ideas, and it was always to do with kind of being like, right, do you remember in the Ghostbusters comic, right? Yeah, this is what they call this, so yeah. let's do that. Or do you remember this? We guy? were nearly called Shandor. Yeah, or like <laughs> what? Or oh, you know, things. Jesus. But you know, like that's the kind of thing is because. When, as much as we think, oh wow, that would really suit the music because it's spooky. Yeah, like mm. Devilson works so much because it's like, yeah, it's evil music, and you know. Yeah, but like it sounds you think like the... a, an episode of Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, De a dev Devilson's kind of like yeah. a, a lost word in a sense, is in yes. like Devilson behavior or this or that. It's a little bit like tongue in cheek. If you hear someone in the modern day saying it, they're saying it like, oh, those pesky kids, yeah. those yeah, Devilson exactly. kids. Yeah, so like yeah. I, with the logo and the title, I think people go like, oh, I think I know what this is going to sound like. Yeah, you know? an idea. Very much true. Yes, indeed. So lads, listen, thanks a million for coming on. Gareth and Joe of Devilsome, I just wish you nothing but success. Um, you've hit all the marks for me in relation to the EP. It's an absolutely brilliant EP. It's certainly not boring. And, you know, just continued success. You're, you're going in the right direction. And like... I say always anything I can do from my side will gladly help. And uh, crucially, everybody support your local medicine.
Thank you so much, Richie. Cheers, Richie. Cheers, lads.